What's up, Irish fans? Thursday edition, Locked on Irish podcast coming your way right now. And by the way, guess who's back? That's right, your lead host, Greg Schaefer. I'm here with you guys for your Thursday edition. But before we get going too much further, I do want to just, let's do this. Little clap, little clap, not even a golf clap. I want a standing ovation. I want you to pull off if you're listening in the car. I want some pulling off on the side of the road. And, and I want I want a few woohoos and, and yeah for Mark and Will filling in yesterday. They did a great job. Uh, those guys are awesome. That's why they're part of my team. That's why they, they uh, take those guys anywhere, uh, except for in public. Uh, other than that, I'd take them anywhere, but they're great co-hosts. And uh, uh, Mark, you know, he's hard on himself after that first one yesterday, but this is the first show he ever hosted as a as the lead guy. So I appreciate those guys filling in. It's just it's tough to hit, fitting all five of them in. Busy life, busy work schedule, busy kid. So uh yeah, those guys did a great job, so uh, look forward to in the future when I need them. They can hop in there, carry the torch, give them the keys to the car. I'll let them drive it to the end of the road, but they got to bring it back. I'm no freeway in right now. We can't can't let them guys out on the freeway or anything like that. But I think they did a great job of setting us up for this early signing day. Early signing day. It's an interesting beast, that's for sure. I know today, that's what pretty much all we're going to talk about. Early signing day, the recruits. I'm pretty stoked about this class. However, I'm not as pumped as some people are. A lot of people are just A plus in it, baby. A plus. This is it. This is the class. This is the one. I'm 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 hesitant because I don't think they're gonna have the immediate impact that we're all looking for. There's a lot of projects in this class. There's a lot of potential, but there's also some room for concern. So we're definitely gonna talk about that. We're gonna pick some games. Uh, we're also going to talk about, uh, hopefully talk about Bad Bowl Game Day, something I've been wanting to talk about. It's a holiday I feel like I created, which I, I'm pretty sure I did create this holiday. So just let's hope we get to it because let's just put it this way. Now I'm doing daily podcasts. I feel like one of the things I am terrible at is paying off on my teases. So call me out on Facebook, on Twitter, any of our social media locations. If I say I'm going to do something... I need to be getting to it. Hold me accountable because I'm terrible, terrible paying off at some of my teases. So, again, yay, yay. That was a simple plug right there. I just plugged this at uh, Locked On Irish, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. You pick somewhere. The only place I don't think we are right now is iTunes. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, iTunes. Uh, iHeartRadio. Uh, I Too many eyes. But if you're just listening to us right now on a podcast app you love, boom, you got it. We are there every episode. So early signing day, such an interesting beast. I mean, when I think about it, man, the first is it Wednesday in February. Remember how big of a deal that used to be if you're a college football junkie like myself? Like, oh my goodness. I actually, this is a true story. So this is tells you like how much different this early signing period is compared to early signing or er, signing day, not early, but signing day, but one day is uh, there's not quite the excitement of just like wrecking a, a, a green Kia Spectra in a ditch trying to get home to see Manti Teo's commitment, where he was going to go. Yeah, that was me. Uh-huh. Not proud of it. Coming home, uh, my parents from college, coming up the driveway, beating 90, and put her right in the ditch. Needless to say, I didn't get to see the commitment. He came to Notre Dame. Seemed to work out pretty well, in my opinion. What do you guys think? But yeah, true story. That's my recruiting day uh, disaster story. The car was fine, by the way. We got it out. Me and my dad pushed it out. Actually, there was more damage from us put us pushing it out. Um, 
I'm not really going to say much about the quality of a Kia, but when you push one out by the fender, uh, things get dented. And um, yeah, I had a dented fender because we pushed it out that way. But all right, let's get on to the signing day class. Uh, man, right away, right away you look at it, you see guys like Jordan Johnson, you see Chris Tyree, uh, studs, ballers. Now, I'm not sure the immediate impact of this class. I love this class. Last I looked on 247, in fact, I have it up right now. Last I looked, how about I look right now for you guys? 10th in the country. 10th in the country, I don't know if it'll be like that by morning. I'm recording this on a Wednesday night, so you tell me, uh, you know, reply on Twitter. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts comparing these rankings. Now, I will say, we've only got 18 commits. I don't know how many others are coming in the pipe, but when you think about only 18 commits, one of them being a long snapper, pretty damn good that we're sitting there in the top 10. Not bad. We knew this was going to be a small class, and I'm not sure we look to add too much more. Um, you could probably say 19 with uh, Isaiah Pryor transferring in from Ohio State. So really nice class as far as that goes. It's nice to get that transfer. It's really nice the fact that somebody like a Pryor really wants to come to Notre Dame. I mean, I think the guys talked about it yesterday that you know, he was an elite talent coming out of IMG Academy. He gets to Ohio State. He kind of gets lost in the wash. And who does he pick? He picks Notre Dame to come to. I, I, I mean, that's that's pretty great stuff. That's, that's pretty great stuff. That says exactly what we're doing. Kind of reminds me of like Cody Riggs coming in from uh, Florida back, uh, what would that have been, 2014. I mean, it's great that these programs are looking at us and saying, all right, like, yeah, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to go. Um, and now as far as potential, the potential of this class, I think, is through the roof. I think a guy like Jay Brunell, I, I, I don't think he's going to be a day one starter, but I think he can play right away. You know, I look at a guy like Tosh Baker, who I think can get some time and be just a, I think, I look for Tosh Baker to be a captain at Notre Dame. I really do. Uh, Michael Mayer, I think it's a lot's going to depend on Komet. If Komet comes back, Brock Wright's a nice blocking tight end, and Tommy Trimble is just super athletic. I look for Mayer maybe to redshirt, but this guy's talent, man. Number two tight end in the country. It's going to be hard to keep him off the field. And then if he if Komet goes pro, all bets are off. Mayer, Mayer it will play, if not be the starter. I don't know. Uh, Tommy Trimble is a little more versatile. He almost reminds you of a wide receiver, and maybe that would be the role he takes on. I mean, look at the depth at tight end that we have at Notre Dame right now. Just tremendous depth, which goes without even mentioning a guy like George Tackett. And then you look, and we have the number two tight end in the country that's signed with us this in this cycle. Then don't forget about a guy like Kevin Bauman, 6'5", 238, the number six tight end in the country. We have all that at our disposal at tight end. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I know this is how recruiting is so funny. So funny. You know, Mayor is the guy. It looks like Captain America in his headshot right here. I don't know. It might just be me the way I'm looking at it. It's been a long day. However, looks like Captain America has all the, all the attributes. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves, loves him some Michael Mayer right now. Awesome. That, that's fantastic. So do I. Love the kid. But, wouldn't it be something if Bauman comes in and, and turns out to just evolve? I mean, these are 17, 18-year-old kids. They still have time to grow. These kids can absolutely start to grow, 
and really, really become something special. I mean, it, it could really, you just never know. These recruiting rankings, they're just a little goofy. And again, I love the potential of this class. I think the potential's through the roof. The potential's great. I'm going to give you guys some concerns later on in the show. But right now, I'm going to go all goo-goo-ga-ga. And one thing I did forget as I'm looking over my notes, because, hey, I run this show. I'll forget my notes if I want to. Uh, I do want to reflect on a couple things that Driscoll brought up during our interview the other day, which I really hope you guys all enjoy. You know, I feel like that's an interview that kind of hold will stand the test of time here. And as the months go on, you guys can uh, go back and listen to it. And, uh, uh, you know, really, as we're going into next season, it, it can hopefully it ages well, if you will. Now, just getting back to the uh, to the recruits themselves again. Jordan Johnson, super high on him. I think he's going to be able to contribute pretty much right away. Um, I say contribute because I'm looking right now, and I feel like the, the Keys, Lindsey, Austin—that's your starters. He's not going to early enroll, but I look a, a guy at a wide receiver. I feel like can translate well when it comes to. Just the fact of, can I contribute to first year? Absolutely. Get you a few catches, a couple third downs. Maybe not the biggest impact in the world, but absolutely an impact. And not necessarily a guy who has to enroll right away. You know, some of these guys that enroll right away, yes, they have that one step up, but maybe they need that step up where the other guy just hops right in there. You know, and speaking of hopping in, let me tell you something. I've been complaining about this Christmas shopping thing. Just complaining like crazy. And you know me, at this point, you guys should know. I I, I ask because I don't know. I I don't know where everybody's at with their Christmas shopping. So one place you need to check out, if you're like me and you absolutely need a gift right away, Breaking Tea. Looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays on the go? BreakingTea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports T-shirts around team's passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. Hey, you know me. That's what I need. I need something that's last minute because I'll look at next Thursday. I'm so busy. I'll just look next Thursday and be like, oh crap, that was yesterday. Oh boy. So as I said, got some concerns with this class. Just some a few concerns. Now, again, potential through the roof. Let's start with Chris Tyree, the one everybody's gaga on over. I love the kid. He's 5'10", 179 pounds. He's going to be a true freshman. The kid's going to be good for about 8 to 15 carries a game. We have got to have somebody else step up in the offseason at running back, bottom line. Whether that be Kyron Williams, Sebo Flemister, Jafar Armstrong, I don't know, the last time I looked, he's still got two years left unless something's changed. Now, speaking of the running backs... I, that S at the end of that, that's where my concern lies. We only signed one running back in this cycle. Now there's two running backs sitting out there that are just complete head scratchers to me. Absolute head scratchers. Jalen Berger committed to Rutgers, four-star recruit, Michael Drennan, Dublin Kaufman, right up the road. Uh, I mean, this is what, uh, I don't know if you guys know our background, but we cover local high school sports here in Ohio. I, I don't know what... I mean, and he's looking at going to Kentucky. How are we getting out recruited by Kentucky, and why didn't we see him as a need? I know there's scholarship limits and things like that, but you have a Dublin Kaufman back. I don't, I don't understand it. I, I really don't. I mean, there's a pipeline there. 
I don't understand how we cannot pull somebody like like Drennan in. I truly, truly don't understand that. And by the way, if you're wanting to know who that pipeline individual is, that would be another than the the one, the only Brady Quinn. Yeah, I, I don't know how we lost out on that one. Now the other kid that I spoke of out of New Jersey, Jalen Berger going to Rutgers. He's from that area, so maybe that had something to do with it. But it isn't. I I I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. I I don't know what they see in that. Again, it's hard to beat. Hey, I just want to be close to my family. It's it's truly a hard thing to beat. That that's like the one juggernaut in recruiting that you're like, okay, that's going to be a tough cookie to crack on that one. Because uh, as a recruiter, how do you beat that? You can't. You can't move Notre Dame closer to the person. But I just feel like with none of backs stepping up right now, I I really wish we would have got one more in this cycle. And maybe somebody a different size, maybe like a six foot two twenty running back or a five nine two ten or somebody a little bit bigger. Because I'm concerned that if we're gonna try to get Tyree in there, it's just different. It's just different. Now, I mean, there's gonna be an adjustment period. He's gonna have to figure it out, and we can't get this kid killed because we all of a sudden we have a kid with four three eight speed. I mean, he takes several six, seven licks real good. All of a sudden, that four, three, eight's four, five, and he's hesitant and questioning the hole. Now, Jordan Johnson, I think he can contribute right away. I already talked about him. Tosh Baker, I think he's going to be a captain at Notre Dame. I don't know if he's going to be able to crack the, the depth chart this first season. Maybe contribute in a few spots, something like that. Uh, Michael Carmody, the same way. He's got all the measurables. Looks like he's going to be early enrollee as well as Drew Pine. Again, Drew Pine, I'm pumped. Got this guy. Good. But we also have Brendan Clark. We also have Phil Jerkovic. If Drew Pine, now I'm talking about the impact on the program in freshman year, year one. If Drew Pine is playing year one, I feel like we have issues. Something is awry. We talked about Jay Brunel. Uh, I'm going to speak on Jay Brunel in a more broader sense of why I have a little bit more of an issue with this class. It's something I looked up this morning. Uh, Xavier Watts is going to be another early enrollee. He's going to have a tough time cracking the depth chart. Now, he'll have a chance, but you look at our wide receiving core. I mean, right now, Lindsey, Keys, potentially McKinley, Austin, Jordan Jackson, uh, Isaiah Robinson, Robertson, Micah Jones, who's a physical freak, Joe Wilkins, Kendall Abnor- Abdur, uh, Rock, Rec- Raymond, uh, I mean, it, it, he's just Watts is going to be sitting behind several guys, so it's going to be interesting to see how will he develop going into the season. Jordan Botello, he's another uh, early enrollee. He's going to be sitting behind several guys. He's going to be in the same position that Xavier Watts is. You know, I mean, look, you got to look at you got Ogundiji coming back, you got Dalen Hayes coming back, you got Adimiola coming back, you got Agofu, Foskey. Mensa, Wardlow, I mean, Howard Cross, these guys are all coming back on the line. Riley Mills, same way, he's a defensive end. Caleb Offord. Now, the cornerback situation is interesting. It's interesting because there's a chance, a good chance per what I'm reading, that Sean Crawford's coming back. Everything I've read is that we, and the numbers say it, the numbers definitely show that we probably had or we were probably going to be forced to start a freshman. Sorry, guys, my microphone did just clip there. I apologize if I busted your eardrums while you're driving. 
Um, but we looked like we were going to have to start a freshman. Uh, bottom line, um, we're going to have Bracy on one side and have to start a freshman. Now, Vaughn's graduating, Troy Pride's graduating, so we were going to have to figure something out. If my mic got too high, guys, I truly apologize. I couldn't hear myself in my headphones, and then I cranked it up a bit. So if Crawford does come back, I don't know what that means for these freshmen. They're obviously going to get time. They can't play Crawford and Bracey can't just play the entire game, especially because Crawford's used in some uh, nickel packages and things like that. And then it also brings up guys like Avery Davis. Okay, what are we going to do with Avery? What are we doing with him? Is he still a running back? I mean, talk about a one-two punch of speed and athleticism. Let's do some Avery Davis and Chris Tyree in the backfield with some Sebo Flemister mixed in there. And if Tony Jones Jr. comes back, let's go. I like that lineup, and that just hit me. That was completely off the cuff. I'm happy with that lineup. Um, but again, ugh, it's nice to have that early enrollee. I would say one of these freshmen will very, very likely start, um, start or at least get good time going into next year. It's offered in Clarence Lewis, just for reference, uh, out of modern day New Jersey, Clarence Lewis, and offered was out of Mississippi. Now I'm going to talk about one more, and then I want to revert back to that Mississippi thing because that is where my big hangup is with this class. Ooh, boy, that microphone is loud right now. All right, guys, I'm sorry. Hopefully I didn't clip too much on you. Um, and the last early enrollee as of this moment is Alexander Ehrensberger, the German kid. I mean, eh, he's a physical freak. I mean, I was reading somewhere, somebody's seen a picture of him. He's got like an eight pack. <laughs> I mean, heck, that's awesome. I, I, that is truly awesome. He's a three-star guy, but the competition is just different. It's just different over there. Um, I'm just going to look at his offer sheet just real quick. The only offers he had was us and FIU. He showed interest Rutgers, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. How did we even get, how did he even get on our radar? Now again, 6'7", 238, a lot can be done with that. But I apologize if I just can't help but get over, not get over uh, Moritz Bowinger. If you don't know who that is, that and maybe I mispronounced his name because I often do that on this show because for some reason I've lost all ability to pronounce like unique names since I've been doing this show. Um, he was the Vikings um, wide receiver drafted from Germany. Didn't really cut it with them. He's currently on the Bengals practice squad. Now, if you're like me and watch all the rounds of the draft and everything that's televised because you're a complete football loser, then you didn't, you've seen that segment when he got drafted and it was a whole big thing. And and he had great intangibles. The guy had tremendous intangibles. But it just, it's different. And when you watched him on tape against the German competition, that's great. And he looked good in shorts and a t-shirt and did all the right things and benched a lot of reps at 225 and had a fast 40, but it's just a different level. It's just a different level. And I'm telling you, the biggest concern is coming right after this. So concerns, concerns, concerns. Yes, I know. Mr. Pessimistic over here. I know. I know I'm going to get it from Hissom the next time I see him. I'm going to get it from him. But here's the thing. 
and I'm glad we talked about Mississippi, and I'm glad we talked about Germany. And you say, how do those two things even correlate, Greg? Well, here's what I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at, we got this German kid that's fantastic. I love his intangibles. I love all the potential. I love all the potential of this class. I question the freshman impact, number one. Number two, how in the hell did we recruit Germany and not California, Ohio, Florida, Georgia, Bama, Louisiana, or Texas? All right. I, how did we do that? I, I'm sorry. I struggle with the fact that we couldn't pull one kid from California, Ohio, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Louisiana, or Texas. That is concerning to me. I love this class. I love where it's rated. I love the fact that we only got 18 kids and we're sitting in the top 10 based on 247 sports. But I find it to be a big concern that we couldn't go into at least one of those states and get pull some of this talent. Now we did pull a kid from Hawaii. You know we got went to and got Chris Tyree. You can't deny that speed. We went down. We got Xavier Watts out of Nebraska when it looks like the Scott Frost train was full steam ahead, and there was no looking back. Hundred percent agree. That kid should have been signed, sealed, delivered to the Cornhuskers, but we ended up with him. We did some nice things, but. We didn't go down to the deep south and recruit well. We didn't steal anything from Ryan Day in Ohio. Hell, we didn't even go to Texas and steal anything. Now, we did add a California commit, and I apologize for adding California in there. I completely forgot. We added Ramon Henderson, athlete. I'm reading corner, but he's also a wide receiver. He's 6'2", 183. He's got speed for days out of Bakersfield, California, and the talent out there, let's just say, doesn't suck. Uh, he held a lot of different offers, um, a lot of West Coast, Pac-12-ish uh, Mountain West offers. And if you know me, you know I love my Mountain West and I love my Mac when it comes to um, non-Power 5 football. He had offers from Tennessee, Utah. That seemed to be who's between Tennessee, Utah, or Notre Dame. Uh, had an offer from Oklahoma, which is nice to hear. Had an offer from Cal, Fresno State, Oregon State, UCLA, SC. I don't think he really did much with them. Seems like the places he interacted with most was UCLA, Washington, Utah, and Tennessee. Uh, also Oklahoma. But, and again, I apologize for missing that one. I meant to put that at the end of the show, and then I was like, oh, crap, he's from Bakersfield, California. So, okay, we got one. We got one. I mean, if I'm sitting here having a conversation, a bar, having a drink, talking to somebody, ha- having a p- couple pops, as we say, um, and I say, hey, who, who do you think holds the best high school football? You know, it's going to be some semblance of Texas, California, followed by Florida, followed by Georgia or Ohio, followed by Bama or Louisiana. And we could only get one kid out of all those locations. I. I don't know. I I lo- again love the potential. These guys have the measurables. These guys have the ability to really be something, but I don't think we're going to see it in year 1. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Tyree, especially if these other backs don't step up. But in year 1, I think you're going to struggle to see a lot of these guys. I don't think the real fruits of this class is going to come through until probably, oh, I don't know, 2022 when the Irish make a little trip down here to Locked On Irish and take on those Buckeyes. So that's about a little, you know, 
that's what we got so far, guys. 18 commits. We're in the top 10. Looks good. It does. And I apologize for being pessimistic, but these are just the things I noticed. Because actually, I was looking to get one of the Ohio recruits on the show, and then I realized we didn't have one. And then it led me to, oh, look at that. We also don't have one from any of the big, giant football factory states. Uh, Shocking news earlier today real quick before we keep moving on, because I do want to get to my reaction to Brian Driscoll stuff. We'll do bowl picks tomorrow with Indiana and with our Indiana preview, because Notre Dame is back in action on the hardwood on Saturday at high noon against those Hoosiers. It's going to be a real test to see how much Notre Dame has developed. You know, they got a nice win over UCLA. How nice was it? Was it nice enough to put us over the top against a 10-1 Hoosier team? We'll see. Looking forward to that one. But we're going to have a full-on preview tomorrow of Indiana-Notre Dame. Then I promise we'll get into some bowl picks. And before I go today, you are going to hear what bad bowl game day is. I don't care how much time it takes. You're going to hear about my holiday. Uh, So real quick, Maryland flipped LSU five-star wide receiver Raheem Jarrett. Two things I can think of here. Two things that I can think of that might have flipped this kid. Okay, possibly three. Because I just I nearly forgot he is from Washington D.C. So being close to home, just like we talked about with the Burger Kid, okay, you know, close to home. It's hard to argue that recruiting pitch right there. Louisiana's a long way away, long way away. You can't just go see your buddies from high school. Can't go see family. Just drive down the road. It, well, we'll talk about. I, I get a little sidetracked sometimes. Number two, they just dumped a bunch of money at him, and we're talking about Blue Chips 2.0. Everybody ever see Blue Chips? Freaking love that movie. One of my favorite sports movies ever. So over the top, but I love it. Um, and number three, I truly believe, and this is what I want to be right, because I've been saying this for years. It just hasn't happened. I think Maryland could be the Oregon of the East with the Under Armour deal. Under Armour's from Maryland. Uh, the deal they have with Baltimore, the funky uniforms, just a little bit of all the elements I think that Maryland could absolutely be, I think they're a sleeping giant if it's done right. And I don't know that Loxley's the right guy for the job. I really don't. Loxley is just, hes he was 3-33 and 33 before coming there. And he did some nice work with a stacked team at Bama and got the job. And now that team ceased to play football. They like ceased all operations of football after beating um, Syracuse earlier this year. So I don't know. I, I, I like to think that I'm right. I mean, Raheem Jarrett was some recruiting services had him as the number one wide receiver overall. He's headed to College Park. He's a terp? He's a turtle? Oh, my. So, real quick, guys, let's get to my little bit of reaction over some of the things Brian Driscoll said on the Tuesday edition of the show. When he talked about um, Ian Book, he almost changed my mind about Ian Book coming back. At first, my and I'm still in that camp that I think he should come back because I think he'll end up being a free agent or being a backup. I mean, I guess my point is if you want to try to make it and you think you're ready, he made a great point when he said, yeah, if how much more can he improve? How much more can he do? I don't necessarily disagree, but where I disagree is like, do you want to just try to go? And what if you don't even get drafted or you're taken in the sixth or seventh round, you last a month on a practice squad somewhere, or you don't even get through tryouts because they don't like this or that, and then you're just done. You know, the XFL is coming back. Maybe that's an option if he wants to play and actually get paid. But as far as being the starter, being the guy and playing in the atmospheres, he's got a decision to make. Whether he takes that leap, he's going to have to submit his paperwork, see what they say. 
but he's relatively undersized. He's not as fast or as elusive as Baker. I'm not necessarily, that's kind of who I, he puts me in the mind of. Me and the guys on the show here, we've had that discussion before about how he just kind of reminds us of Baker Mayfield a little bit, a kind of a poor man's Baker. I, I don't think he has all the intangibles and the winning uh, in his blood that, I mean, he's a winner, but not that just killer instinct that Baker had. Um, you know, he's shown that he can be durable, but again, I, if you go pro, you're going to take a chance that you may, I don't see him as being a Hall of Famer. I don't see him being a, a franchise quarterback. Now, if he can latch onto a roster and hold a clipboard for a few million dollars a year, Sean Glennon had a great career doing that. Great career. So I can't argue there. If you want to go make some millions, but you got to make that roster first. So I guess it is. It's going to be a decision. In my opinion, he should come back. I don't disagree with Brian that, yes, I'm not sure how much more he can gain. I don't think he can really gain anything. He could possibly come back and win a Heisman Trophy. And, and realistically, what can he gain? I mean, of course, there's always a chance he comes back and all of, you know, we can make up scenarios in our mind where all of a sudden he's running like a 4-3-40, but that's not realistic. Um, Tony Jones, I think, should come back. I don't think he gets drafted at all. Uh, Gilman, I thought, should come back too because I feel on the same note, I just don't feel like he's, you know, I don't, I think he'll be like a special teams guy. He'll get his three and a half to five years in the NFL and it might be done, but he made a good point that this is his sixth year of college football overall. That is a lot of college football. That's a lot of college football. Uh, I think he should go. I think Gilman should go. There's too many things that could happen at his position, similar to what I've talked about Komet. I think Komet should go. I, I, there's some services saying that he is the number one tight end in the draft. Go get your money, young man. Go get that money. There's too many bad things that can happen. And on on the Gilman side, that's the reason you came to Notre Dame for, for this opportunity to play pro football. You came to Notre Dame for that opportunity. You, you, you're called six years. That's a long time in college. A guy like Sean Crawford can do that. A guy like uh, Golick's other son. Was it Michael Golick? Oh, God, it's escaping me. The tight end, he transferred to Cincinnati, had a lot of lower back pain, in injuries and such. Yeah, when you know your career, you know you're not going to make it. You get take that sixth year, and you just enjoy your last time in a uniform. But Gilman, I mean, these are business decisions, and it's what he's going to have to make. And in my opinion, Gilman should go. However, hey, we'll take him. We will take Gilman, for sure. And I just never thought about that aspect of his sixth year in college. So, all right, guys, before we get out of here, real quick, tomorrow, Indiana preview, then going to do some bowl picks. Got to get them things out there to you guys. However, real quick, going to talk about bad bowl game day, the holiday that I know I created. So roughly five years ago, me and some buddies, we always get together. We go out and we watch the terrible bowls on the first bowl Saturday of the college football season. How do you participate in Bad Bowl Game Day? You do just that. You find your best friends, your best college football watching buddies. You find a location. You go out, spend the whole day having a few pops, drinking, eating some bad food. Tis the season, man. It's any reason to celebrate at this point. It's romper room. We celebrate everything. Caveat to all this. You gotta buy some apparel that non-Power 5 school, preferably not in your state, Non-Power 5 school rock their gear during Bad Bowl game day. Find your favorite Power 5 school or some gear or colors you like of a school that's non-Power 5 and, and wear that out. My choice, 
my attire of choice, I got a Hawaii jersey straight from the island, straight from the stadium out there, and a hat every year, bad bowl game day, wear that thing, my Hawaii jersey, freaking badass jersey too, Hawaii hat, you know where I'm at. My buddy spent a little time in San Diego with the Navy, his wife's a San Diego State grad, we're here in Central Ohio rocking Hawaii, San Diego State. Also, don't forget to fill out those bowl pickums and just enjoy the day. I mean, it's the first Saturday, the bowls season's over essentially. You're waiting on your team's bowl game to come around. You're out with your buddies. Again, you're having a few pops. It's the holiday season. Watch everybody try to kill each other for that last beanie baby or tickle me Elmo. Boy, I'm dating myself with some of those references. Man, just have some fun with it. And the bowl system's not going anywhere. So let's have some fun with it, man. It's not going anywhere for a while. So go out, enjoy some football, have a great weekend, enjoy it. Tomorrow we'll be back at you. Indiana preview. And finally, mercifully, we will get, I promise, get to some bowl picks. You guys have a great one. Thank you so much for checking us out. Remember, at Locked On Irish, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. If you're listening on some app I've never even heard of right now, stick with that app. So until tomorrow, go Irish.